Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast. And as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about Bigfoot. Just before I get into that, though, I just want to say if you enjoyed this episode or any of our previous episodes of the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast so you get kept in the loop for every time I upload a new episode. Uh, please leave a review of the podcast. If you use an Apple device, please leave a five-star rating and then also leave a little review. Uh, it really helps the podcast get pushed up in sort of recommendations or charts so more people can find the podcast. And if you listen on another platform, I'm sure there's some sort of rating system. So please, uh, if you enjoy it, uh, please leave us a uh, rating. It really does help. Also, we have a blog, which is paranormalthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com. There'll be a bunch of stuff on the blog uh, in relation to this episode, a bunch of clips and stuff like that. So definitely go check that out. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Once again, follow me there. You will be more so kept in the loop, uh, especially on Instagram uh, with Instagram stories and stuff like that. I like to post bits and pieces on there. So it's always kind of good to keep in touch uh, like that. Uh, if you ever want to reach out, best place to do that would be at paranormalthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. You could also send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. Instagram is probably my preferred medium out of the two. It's a bit, I don't know, I guess I'm on it more, so it's a bit easier to kind of keep across. But thank you for all the people who do reach out and let me know your thoughts on the podcast. It uh, really means a lot, so it's much appreciated. Everything I've just mentioned will be in the description of this podcast. So I can't believe I've had this podcast for about three years now and I haven't specifically done an episode just on the concept of Bigfoot. I have done an interview with someone from the BFRO, the Bigfoot Research Organization uh, over in America, uh, and that was some time ago now. And I've also done an episode on the Australian version of the Bigfoot, the Yowie, uh, but I haven't specifically, I suppose, spoken about the Northern American Sasquatch as it's more so related over there. But at the same time, I didn't want to just talk about that. I kind of want to look at the whole worldwide concept that is Bigfoot. Also, just in a few other interviews and discussions on the podcast, it's kind of come up a fair bit um, speaking about Bigfoot, but I just feel like it kind of deserves the whole sort of phenomenon, deserves like its own episode. And I was just looking the other day and thought, I haven't actually done that really. So why not sort of um, look a little bit into it and I guess give my thoughts around it because uh, it's something I'm really interested in and I guess something like Bigfoot is uh, quite a hot topic and has been for some time now 
with, uh, you know, a lot of shows kind of picking up, like, you know, Finding Bigfoot. A lot of new media uh, kind of will look at it now. Obviously, a lot of podcasts, a lot of books. There's a lot of information out there, and it's definitely not a new topic. You know, it's been quite popular since the 60s, and now it's, you know, once again, bigger than ever. A lot of uh, Bigfoot merchandise, kind of like a lot of paranormal, how it has really come into the mainstream of things and how... I don't know, the the imagery of the stuff that we kind of talk about here on this podcast, it's really, it is really popular uh, in all honesty, which is, it's cool. You know, I do like seeing it around. You know, it's obviously can be a bit of a meme as well, which is completely fine. Uh, I'm all about, you know, just getting the message out there. So any sort of way that you can kind of come across the topic, uh, what sort of, um, anything sort of spark a bit of interest in people, I think is really uh, a good thing. So I don't know, it's, it's a really interesting topic and I thought of a few different sort of points to sort of break down and just kind of go from there why I think that whatever Bigfoot is, exists. Now, I guess the biggest one would be that all around the world, uh, a lot of different cultures have come across whatever this large ape type creature is, right? I think for the most part, the descriptions are pretty bang on. Um, maybe just, you know, a few different key components that might be a little different, but that, that could also just be from, you know, the eyewitness, um, how close they were, how long they got to look at the creature. Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of that can kind of come into point of play as well. But obviously, pretty much your general description of a Bigfoot is quite a large, hairy ape it was also kind of considered to look quite human, a bit of a humanoid type creature as well in some cases. So this large, hairy ape man looking creature, which doesn't actually sound that ridiculous. And that's, that's what sort of blows me away. Like I was um, talking about this earlier this evening before I started recording this and the questions I was kind of getting about Bigfoot, you know, the more you sort of talk about it, uh, and sort of just break down every key component, it's not that ridiculous. Like when you want to take the route of that it's a sort of undiscovered animal, it's a cryptozoological type finding at the moment because we don't actually know whether or not in terms of science that they exist or not, I suppose. But um, when you break down what they most likely are, which is I suppose like an un- unknown um, ape, that's not that ridiculous in all honesty, you know, um, I guess the thing that sets them apart from any other sort of uh, uh, ape currently is that they're bipedal, which pretty much means that they walk on two legs, their back hind legs. And the fact that these creatures are seen, you know, all through Northern America, Canada, here in Australia, uh, in Asia, it really gives a lot of weight into, well, if all these different cultures who, you know, at one time, I suppose, didn't know about um, these other civilizations all around the world, you could say, we're all reporting pretty much the exact same thing, then I don't know how, <laughs> it's always hard when um, I, I people don't find eyewitness accounts or, you know, um, I suppose, you know, many generations passing down stories, enough evidence of anything, but how is that not almost the best evidence? Like, sure, things can be misidentified, but if so many people have come forward and shared stories for, you know, hundreds of years, then what what much more can we really want other than obviously seeing them ourselves, which people still do, you know? And it's kind of one of those things, it's almost like Bigfoot's one of the best kept secrets ever, in a sense. Like, it's not a secret because we all know about it, but we don't have, I don't know, we don't have access to seeing these creatures whenever we want or, you know, you can't go to a zoo, thank God and see them, that would be 
that would be a really interesting turn of events if one day whatever these creatures are, you could actually go and view for like a monetary type sense. It'd be really, I don't know, I've never really thought of it like that actually. That makes me really uneasy to actually think about that potentially being a thing in the future. But moving away from that, how can so many civilizations see almost the exact same thing, yet we don't have, we have never, I guess in a scientific sense, come across exactly what it is and been able to pinpoint this is what this creature is, this is why we can't find it or you know, why it's so like aloof out in the, uh, out in the wild. I guess that's my buy-in for it is it's been seen for hundreds of years through all different types of cultures. And it's almost like, for me, it's almost like case closed Well, not case closed, but that's almost like, you know, it'd be great to have some other evidence, but that's enough for me to buy into it, which you might think is a bit insane. But for me, that makes sense. A lot of topics are spoken about as soon as there's a lot of eyewitness accounts and people have documented these cases in quite a lot of detail, I go, you've got me. There's something, regardless of if it's something paranormal or whatever, there's something there because people have witnessed it enough for there to be a case built. Just before I move away from the idea that these creatures are seen all around the world, well, how are they different, I suppose? Um, And a big one would be climate I think great example is, you know, Northern America, if you were in, say, Northern California, where it can get quite cold, um, that would be a very different creature in some sense to what we might see here in Australia, in far north Queensland, where it's in the tropics, where it literally doesn't, they don't have winter up there. It's just hot all year round. And that is a massive hotspot. Even, you know, I now live in South Australia and it's not, from what my understanding is, uh, I don't know, I haven't come across a ton of reports, unlike when I was back in Queensland, where there were a ton, um, and because Queensland's quite tropical. It's a good climate, I suppose, for whatever this creature was, where it didn't really, I guess it doesn't thrive on the cold here. But then, you know, you look at something like the Yeti, which is, you know, has been brought up in very cold mountainous type climates, which I suppose where it needs to have that sort of temperature. So whatever these creatures are, I guess the biggest difference is just how they're built for that particular climate. Sure, their food sources would probably be different depending on, you know, the location where they're where they are, but I think in terms of their identity type features, they sound pretty similar. So whatever the difference is, I think it's literally just location and climate. And that would I guess have a few attributes to however they kind of operate. But I think for the most part, whatever these creatures are that we're seeing around the world, I think they're They might not be exactly the same thing, but they're definitely related, you know, in some sort of family. What other evidence is there? We have bits and pieces that we can kind of, you know, put together. But obviously for science to actually admit that one exists, that you have to, I guess, have a piece of one, you know, maybe like an arm, a foot, a head, you know, something like that, either, I guess, see one alive or I guess like a full body. A big evidence point for me is uh, footprints that have been cast moulded. So, you know, if a... Bigfoot sighting has recently happened and maybe there was some rain, which would be very typical, you know, for our sightings here in Australia of the Yowie up in Queensland, where there's a lot of rain throughout the summer seasons. Uh, so the ground would obviously be quite soft uh, and moist. So whenever someone would witness a Bigfoot, uh, most likely at some point along that sort of path where it was, uh, you know, stomping through, it's going to leave some footprints and there's been quite a few cast molds made over the years and they're great to see because it really does give you an idea of how big these creatures are and it's really surreal, you know, because obviously Bigfoot, 
it obviously has that name for a reason, right? But when you actually see the size of these things, you go, holy shit, this is, like, what is this? You know, it's it's insane and it's, I don't know, it just blows me away. So an anthropologist back in the 1960s of the name of Grover Krantz uh, was at the University of Washington State and he actually got his hands on a moulding of a what was supposed to be a Sasquatch. What's great about Grover was that after he got his hands on this foot uh, cast mould, he openly became a big advocate for trying to find evidence to to prove that these creatures actually did exist. And obviously being back in, you know, his sort of time of the 60s, that was not a popular opinion. And even, you know, now I suppose uh, cryptozoology is still quite uh, taboo in a sense, um, you know, I love that we have things like that that exist. I think it's really important um, to sort of be to be looking for these creatures. And, you know, as I said, if there's enough reports, I think it's definitely worthwhile looking into. What I find interesting, uh, one of the casts that Dr. Grover Kranz looked at actually featured a injury on the foot. And it was he was able to figure out that it was definitely some sort of bipedal upright walking primate. And whoever took the cast mould either took you know, a footprint that was clearly on the ground or that they were an artist with a expert knowledge of the primate foot anatomy. Obvious to this anthropologist that what he was looking at was some sort of primate's foot. Uh, and it's interesting that he could tell by the way that the, the injury on the foot, how it was scarring and healing, which is actually insane that they can tell this from a mould, was legitimate. It was definitely something that was injured and you know, was going through this healing process. Now, as it says there, sure, this could have been a artist who has a very good understanding of a primate's foot. Sure, you know, it seems very unlikely, but sure, maybe someone, uh, you know, with an interest in some apes could actually create something like that. But I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that makes any sense in all honesty. So, I think the cast molds that we have, and you know, they're all around the world a really good uh, asset that we hold for evidence. So even though I'm quite a believer, as I've mentioned in this topic, uh, I'm definitely not going to, I'm not someone who's going to, you know, leave out information just to sort of prove my point, because I think it's interesting. Uh, Obviously, you would imagine a creature such as a Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Yeti, whatever you call it, wherever you are, is covered in hair, right? So if you have a sighting of this creature, maybe it rubs up against a tree, a uh, good chance might be some hair left behind. And obviously this happened um, time and time again. So there's a bunch of hair samples that have been cross-checked uh, with other DNA. And for the most part, every bit of hair has come back as either, it's, it's come back as something that we can uh, that we know of, it's like wolves, deer, bears, coyote, horses, even human. The hair that people, you know, might have claimed to potentially have been some sort of Bigfoot type creature, it's not the case. Uh, but while I was reading and I'll put this up on the blog while I was reading this DNA report of the genetic analysis of hair samples attributed to Yeti, Bigfoot, and other anomalous primates, uh, which is a scientific article where they break down pretty much everything that they have come across with uh, when they looked at a bunch of different samples from all around the world of this hair. And there was only two strands that they couldn't really find what it actually was. So uh, both come from South Asia, one from India and another one from Bhutan. The difference with the hair was in the colour. The hair from India was a golden brown, where the hair from Bhutan was actually a reddish brown. They believe that, because they couldn't actually figure out what the hair was from, they've come to the conclusion that 
the hair must come from some sort of previously unrecognized bear species. So something that, you know, doesn't actually exist (laughs) or they can't prove exists. So rather than, I suppose, coming to maybe a conclusion of this could actually be some sort of bipedal type primate, uh, they've gone with the conclusion that uh, it's most likely some sort of Himalayan type bear, even though those have never actually been proven to exist. So I find that interesting. I suppose obviously bears exist, so they're going with that sort of route because uh, I suppose they're not going to believe that primates are in these locations. So what's the closest thing that is potentially bipedal uh, and large and with some sort of hair or fur? A bear. But uh, yeah, they don't actually exist in those locations. So regardless, there's something, uh, at least out in the Himalayas and throughout India, um, there's something out there that you know, science actually isn't aware of. So that is interesting. Uh, I'm going to take that as a win because regardless, they haven't been able to prove every bit of hair that they've ever been, um, that's ever sort of come through. So, and I just like that, uh, now nah, it's not a Bigfoot. It, it has to be some sort of bear that, you know, we don't actually think exists, I suppose, uh, but that's easier for them to believe. So I found that interesting anyway. So, um, yes, hair, I don't think is the best is the best argument in this case because we haven't really come across anything which, and even if we did, where in that case, they're going to put it, sort of place it somewhere else where it's more realistic for them. So until they can probably get, you know, a corpse or something and be like, okay, so this is the DNA from this creature, uh, I guess they don't really have anything to cross-check. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. With anyone. So obviously, the whole Bigfoot craze uh, really came about in the 60s when a very famous tape was released into the world. This footage I'm speaking about is the Patterson-Gimlin film. So this footage was captured in 1967 by Bluff Creek in Northern California. And Patterson and Gimlin actually rented a 16mm camera and purposely went out on horseback to document a Bigfoot. And I suppose it is one of those very rare instances where it kind of just perfectly worked out for them. And even uh, how they were able to film the creature in, you know, it's, it's obviously quite grainy being 16mm film, but it's still great. Uh, the way they sort of got the shot uh, of this creature, you know, it turns and looks at the camera. It's 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 actually, it's pretty remarkable, right? Uh, and even though, it, it's what's interesting is that people will, you know, claim that that's a hoax, but there's actually more evidence. And honest to God, there is more evidence out there that it's actually real, which is pretty incredible. And the biggest uh, attribute is when you superimpose, when you superimpose a human into the frame, a human wearing a costume, you know, and this isn't, when you look at this creature, this isn't just a Halloween costume, you know, this isn't a gorilla suit. This would have to be a very well-made um, piece of gear. And they've done, you know, measurements where with the tree lines to actually give you an idea of how tall this creature is. And the proportions don't line up. The arms are far longer than its legs. So even if a human was in the suit, it doesn't make any sense because our legs are naturally longer than our arms, right? Uh, in my case, not so much. My I have freakishly long arms for anyone who is interested. It's a real pain in the ass to carry anything heavy where my arms sort of droop down because bags drag on the floor and shit. But enough about me anyway. So it's pretty much a human does not fit these proportions. And while we're sort of talking about footage being found, a great YouTuber is Thinkathunker. Once again, jump on the blog. I'll put a bunch of his stuff on there. He is incredible at breaking down Bigfoot footage. Um, I've seen footage where he kind of, you know, can't come to a conclusion. Another footage where he goes, yes, this could actually be hoaxed. But he is great at, once again, sort of superimposing, sort of doing models of how these creatures move. And, you know, a lot of these, it's, it's easy enough to say someone in a costume, but when you actually see muscles moving and, you know, to actually fill out a suit like that, it just doesn't add up a lot of the time. So someone like Thinkathunker breaking this stuff down really gives it some um, validity to it. And he's someone who's quite, I won't say sceptical, but he he goes through because he wants to find the good shit. He doesn't want, you know, the hoax kind of stuff. So he's there to disprove it. He wants to get to uh, the truth, you know. So I think people like that, when you... um when there's all this footage out there, you know, it's great that people can kind of uh, cross-check it all. And I think the Patterson-Gimlin footage is real. When you actually hear them speak about it, it's a pretty extreme case and they honestly, I don't know, they set out to do it and they did it. <laughs> like it's it's really bizarre, but that footage, um, and what I'll do as well, because obviously this is a podcast, I'm not going to go, this case and this case are really good videos, but what I'll do is I'll try to find some clips that um, I think are quite, 
quite strong and mostly just be from Thinkathunker. But if you jump on the blog, you can check it out and sort of go through and um, find some bits that sort of, you know, you think could actually be the real deal. Another big one would be audio recordings. And there are quite a lot online. And from doing some reading, I wanted to see what people thought were the most realistic. Um, you know, I didn't want to sort of come across. I don't know. It's 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 interesting. There's heaps out there and I've even been sent some. And it's when you don't actually know what you're listening for or like listening to, I suppose, it's easy enough to think, oh, I haven't heard, I haven't heard that sound before but I don't know every animal sound either by any means so not really much of an outdoorsy sort of person so um so I think it's good to you know look into what other people uh have sort of come across and the big one and I'm going to chuck some of this in uh for you in just a second so you can actually hear the best recordings that I could come across were the Sierra sounds and these are compilations of recordings from California Sierra Nevada uh, mountains in the 1970s so they're not not new by any means but that's kind of uh I think it's kind of a good thing as well though uh, a few of the recordings had also been obtained through uh, eastern states, such as Ohio, Mississippi, and Florida. Uh, but these recordings are pretty incredible. And, you know, what sound does a Sasquatch make? Uh, they're sort of like, um, they're, they're very distinct sounds compared to other animals. It's kind of like loud howls and screams as well, which is quite terrifying, I think. Uh, and also a lot of uh, wood knocks, you know, they would knock on trees, uh, sort of rocks clacking. A lot of these sort of sounds, you know, I've heard reports of people, you know, clacking wood or um, wood knocks or, you know, doing the same thing with rocks and actually getting a pattern back from the forest. You know, and what, what animal is sort of capable of, you know, you knocking three times uh, on something and then them, you know, repeating that pattern back to you? It's it, it's obviously something with um, a fair bit of intelligence and capability, you know, obviously probably having uh, hands and fingers in order to do that. So here's some of these recordings now if we'd have a little listen to. Some of those sounds, I tell you what, um, it's so interesting to sort of put a sound to this visual thing, uh, this massive creature that, you know, we've all seen pictures and videos of. And as soon as you put some of these sounds to it, it's really sort of starts to paint a full picture of what people have been seeing for all these years, you know. Uh, and it's always interesting, like when, when I'm sitting here talking about how Bigfoot sounds and how Bigfoot looks, you know, and also a smell is a massive uh, attribute to these animals. People often smell them far sooner than they would actually ever see one. People who go out and look for these things, man, like if you were to actually see one, I don't know what your reaction would be. I think it's like a lot of things with the paranormal. We're so curious when you actually see this thing, like, holy shit, what do you do? What, what, what would your life even be? How do you go on? 
you know, I, I wouldn't be able to live a regular life. I don't think <laughs> it's, it's like Steve Feltham, the guy in Scotland who saw the Loch Ness Monster back in 91 and now literally lives in a caravan along the lock and waits to see the monster again. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's things like that. I uh, mean, I don't know if I'd go start living in a caravan, but I don't think if you would ever see something like this, how would you continue on with your life? And I really feel for people who have, you know, witnessed these things and man, like, it's one thing to be out in the forest, you know, hunting or I suppose even looking for them, like what the BFRO do over in America. But, you know, just to be driving in a car, right, you know, obviously near like a forested type area uh, and then actually seeing one of these creatures uh, like step out in front of your car and literally walking across like, you know, a two-laned road in three steps, it would be terrifying, in all honesty, be like, what did I just see? People say bears are often, you know, misidentified as, you know, a Bigfoot. Uh, and when you actually see bears uh, walking around on their hind legs, it's it's pretty insane. But I think it can't all just come down to that, in all honesty. So I really do feel for people. And if anyone here is listening and you've seen something like that, please get in touch. I'd love to hear your story. But I'd also love to hear how you felt after seeing something like that because it it just changes everything. You know what I mean? I guess it sort of depends in the sense of when you look at these cryptozoology type animals or creatures, right, rather, are they just an animal? You know, and this is the biggest argument that I sort of come with with Bigfoot as well is, is it something that is just unidentified, some sort of, you know, um, some sort of unknown primate that, you know, is all across the world and it's different forms that people, you know, happen to get a glance of, okay, Yep, sure, potentially. Or is it something, once again, more paranormal where it is an interdimensional type being, it chooses when it wants to be seen and that does make sense to why we can't actually find them. Are they just, you know, far and few in between? Uh, I believe that they would probably be almost like a pack animal. People have seen them with juveniles, um, parents with juveniles. So I think they would be in groups, you know, um, but why can't we find them? Why do they not want us to find them, I suppose? Um, what, you know, cause something that's like seven foot tall, just walking around the forest, you'd think you'd potentially see more of them potentially, you know what I mean? Like it's it sticks out, but yet we don't. So is there something more to these creatures? And some people do go down that path and some people don't. For me, I don't know. I think it'd be great just to prove that this thing exists, you know. And it's the same thing as what I always say, like, a bunch of animals that, you know, until they were actually found and, you know, captured, I suppose, or really studied, people didn't think they existed. And I think this is still the case that whatever this is, whether it's paranormal or just some sort of cryptozoology type creature at the moment, I think they're out there. Honest to God, I would bet my money. I have spoken to that many people who have seen them, um, that many people who even fear them in a sense, that many people who are interested and just so caught up in what this thing is that I hands down do believe that they are out there, you know, and I've sort of just broken down all the aspects that I believe um, sort of come into why I think this Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, Yowie actually do exist. As always, I'm so interested to know what you guys think. I, I love the idea of Bigfoot. 
honestly, if any of you have come across anything like this, please let me know. I would love to hear your stories. I loved when I did the Shadow People episode and the amount of people have messaged me about the Shadow People stories. I just had one maybe two weeks ago, which actually blew my mind. Um, And I'd maybe love to do an episode one day where I'd sort of open it up to you guys and you can write in and maybe even send audio recordings of your stories. And we just do like a compilation of things that, you guys have seen um there's heaps of podcasts that just do that as their format uh but maybe it'd be cool to do that as like an episode of you know paranormal thoughts i think this is a community you know i try to treat it like that anyway um what you guys have because some of your stories are fucking out there man it's insane some of the you know reports that uh some of the things that you guys have seen and witnessed it's terrifying um and exciting and just interesting you know so for someone like myself who just lives for this stuff it's so cool to uh really hear what you all think but bigfoot in my opinion it's 100 percent. i'm behind it you know i don't think you could really bring me anything to change my mind either um just because i'm so sold on the reports that's the biggest thing for me is these the reports you know, uh, just, and I didn't really go into any because I think you can imagine what they're all like. You know, I don't want to sit here and read a bunch of, I just want to like talk about what, what I can sort of bring to the table. But I think that it's a worldwide phenomena that so many people have seen and they've just described, you know, them walking in front of their cars, shaking their tents, seeing them out on hikes. You know, it's really there, they live amongst us. And obviously, I think they're not as in the public eye because majority of the population, at least in, you know, the Western world, right, live in cities or suburbs. Um, I think it's interesting, back when I did the episode of the uh, on the Yowie, um, sort of where my parents live and a lot of that area used to just be forest and bush and now it's all um, houses. But back before that was the case, there was a lot of um, Yowie sightings around that sort of area. Um, but I guess to the the general population, it's not really something on their mind unless they do go hiking and a sort of more of a wilderness type thing because otherwise, if you're not sort of in that habitat, you're not really going to be uh, seeing it. You have to sort of put yourself in those positions to really, I suppose, be more aware of it and uh, actually get it. So, yeah, I think that's probably it. You know, my views on Bigfoot and why I believe that this thing exists and Hopefully, I might have, you know, convinced some of you to go and look into it yourself. If you find anything that you think is pretty hard evidence against it, obviously the big one being science won't admit to it being real. Other than that sort of point, please let me know because, you know, I'm always interested, but I'm pretty sold on this one. Not going to lie. I just love it so much. Um, Yeah, I'm in. I'm in for this one. So, guys, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed. I love getting to come on here and just talk about these topics that I'm so in love with uh, in all honesty and the fact that you guys listen uh, just makes it all that much better so thank you again as I said check out the blog post there's going to be a bunch of stuff for you to go and have a look at and have a listen to also if you enjoyed the episode as I said please leave us a rating it really does help and jump on our Instagram and Facebook give us a like give us a follow so you can keep in the loop for everything that's going on currently just also if you've made it this far uh, I just want to say sorry for the irregular kind of uploading the rest of this year is actually extremely busy i'm doing a lot of travel between now and january so 
I'm trying my best to get as many episodes out, but literally like every second weekend up until uh, November where I go away for like a whole month, uh, I'm not currently where I need to be to record and to actually produce these episodes. So it's going to be tricky, but I'm going to do the best I can to get as many episodes out for the rest of 2019. So bear with me, please. I'm doing my best. So thank you so much, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to seeing you all in another podcast episode really soon. Thanks. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.